Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, there were two news items that I saw this past week that I wanted to bring to your attention this morning. The first was a remarkable philosophical mission statement that was put together by USA Hockey. And uh, it was really quite simple, but quite powerful, and that it aligned pretty much all of the amateur and professional hockey organizations to agree to share a a certain set of principles regarding the sport of ice hockey. Uh, And uh, I'll tell you more about it later on in the hour, but I have to tell you, I can't recall any other sport doing the same kind of thing. And as noted, I'll tell you more about this declaration of principles uh, later on in the program. But first up, there was an item in the news this week that, well, this was a bit more troubling. A new study was just released which shows that fewer kids between the ages of 6 and 12 are participating in team sports. In fact, the number of kids playing organized sports is down by a stunning 8%. Now, that, that's really quite a drop-off, and let me tell you why that this, this concerns me. Uh, first of all, is this, with this kind of drop-off, is this, is this the first real signal that because of our, uh, our parental zeal to make sure that our kid is a star, that as a result, more and more children, and presumably their parents, are beginning to, to recognize or realize that if their kid isn't going to be a star, well, why even make the effort to play team sports? Now, if, if that's the case, this is like a, a huge backlash to kids giving up on sports and doing so at an incredibly early age. Now, again, this study, which just was released this past week, and again, I just want to go through the stats again. In, in, uh, in 2008, the study, which was released by the Sports and Fitness Industry Association and the Aspen Institute, They said in 2008, 45% of all kids between ages 6 and 12 in this country played a team sport. But now, in 2017, only 37% of these kids do that. And as I said, I I hope that's not the case, uh, uh, because perhaps this drop-off from participation suggests that our kids are turning to other, I don't know, extracurricular outlets, such as video games, which, of course, doesn't do much for their need for physical exercise. But let's, I, I, I want to digest this, this, this study for a moment, and I, I want to talk about what this, this downturn means, because all we've been hearing in recent years is how more and more kids are playing sports and getting into it and becoming more competitive and, 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 and so on and so forth. And I, I do want to think about this for a bit, and there's a couple of theories I want to put forth, and I want to get your thoughts as well. And, of course, our toll-free line is one 337 6666 brought to you by Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun, Pocono, and Resorts, Atlantic City. Now, one of the theories from this study that that is, again, being uh, put forth is that because youth sports have become so expensive in this country that it's increasingly 
becoming strictly the domain of the affluent. That is, unless a kid comes from a household which makes at least $100,000 a year, it's going to be very difficult for a youngster to pursue sports on a travel team. And as a result, and again, this is one of the theories from the study, uh, the kids from poorer families are just giving up on sports at earlier and earlier ages. In other words, because travel teams have been pretty much accepted as the best way for a youngster to advance in sports in this country, parents have to start recognizing that they have to spend real money for the kid to be in a travel team, particularly at younger ages. So we're talking, again, kids ages 6 through 12. I don't imagine kids 6, 7, 8 uh, are, are making travel teams, but by the time they're certainly they're 9, 10, 11, 12, yes, the uh, travel teams have become part of their, of their existence. Now, I have to tell you, I, I, this, this economic theory, I don't know about this. Uh, let me just say this. There may be a grain of truth in that, but in my opinion, it's a, it's a fairly small grain. If anything, in my observation and experience, kids from less fortunate families are even more eager to make a travel team and chase their dreams in sports than kids who come from, let's say, more comfortable backgrounds and have other options. And many travel programs often claim that one's economic status shouldn't be a concern, that if a family needs some financial help, that, well, the travel team, the program, will waive the fees and the like, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Uh, but here's a theory that I'll put forth. Do you think that kids today are walking away from sports at increasingly younger ages because the kids really realize early on that they're not, if they're not the ones who were chosen first, if they aren't a lock to make the, the local travel team, that they sort of say, well, I, I, you know, maybe this is not going to be for me. Maybe I'm not going to be a star. Maybe I'm not going to be a, a kid to go on to be a star in high school or in college. And this is the conversation that the kids are thinking when they're 9, 10, 11 years old. I mean, I hate to even suggest that, but that may actually explain the so-called drop-off in kids playing sports. In other words, if the kid senses that I'm not going to be something special, why should I even make the effort to keep playing sports? And I have to tell you, for a lot of parents, they might be saying the same thing to the youngster. Well, you know, uh, I don't think it's really worth the time or the effort or the money to have you keep playing travel sports if you're just uh, a kid who's, you know, sure, maybe fun, but after all, you're not going to be a star. Uh, and that, that's my theory, and it, it's a troubling one, as I said. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's start our conversation this morning with um, with Tom and Massapequa. Tom, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you? Thanks good, for Tom. taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I, uh, I I happen to be listening to the conversation with you, and I have two boys right now that have participated in travel sports, uh, particularly baseball, which is the biggest one that's out there. Mm-hmm. I happen to agree with the theory to some degree that the economic portion of it. Yep does play a huge factor in how kids are doing it. It's not so much the kids. They have the dream. I know I push my kids to play sports to keep them into that physical activity, into having good friends, good people. Right. I don't see any organization that's out there that's going to waive the fee for those people that are less fortunate. But it costs me almost $2,500 for my, for my 12-year-old to play, and it's another $2,500, $3,000 for my older boy to play. So you're talking like 5000 a year to play travel baseball? Give or take, and that's not including the travel expenses as they get older. Correct. Okay, I'm with you. So your sense that the economics is a, a, a substantial part of this? 
What's that, sir? I'm sorry. I said you think that the the economics do play a substantial role in, in what happens with the kids playing travel sports. Well, especially, and I'm going to say this to you, especially in the New York tri-state area. Yeah. The expenses that the average family household you could make two great salaries. My wife and I make decent salaries. Yes. But expenses that you have on top of the baseball, with what you have to pay to survive in this in New York State, is tremendous. Mm-hmm. That plays factor as to how much these families might be willing to invest. I'm not saying that's going to be a good portion of it, but I say I, I would say about 50% of it would probably be it. Tom, I, 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 uh, I hear what you're saying, and uh, thank you for the call this morning, because clearly we all know this. Uh, if your kid is going to play in a travel team, and in, and in Tom's case he has two boys playing travel, you know, that does begin to multiply quickly, and uh, as most parents find out when their kids do play in a travel squad, there are fees up front to, you know, to pay for everything from the coach's salaries to, uh, you know, the, the field rentals, insurance, umpires, whatever it might be, and it adds up very quickly. And then when you find out you go on the road to, to tournaments or whatever else, you know, the, 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 the fees you pay to the travel team, that's not normally covered by that. You have to pay for your own, you know, hotels and, and gas and food and, and so on and so forth. And it adds up very quickly. As, uh, as we mentioned, if you have more than one kid doing this, it gets pricey. And then the question is, for most families, well, is this money being well spent because uh, a kid buys in to want, want to become a, 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 have fun playing ball? Or is that money better invested in saving for college? Because even if my kid is good enough to get a college scholarship for baseball, it's not going to be a full ride. It's going to be a partial, or maybe a, a third or a quarter and the extra money would come in handy if it had been saved along the way. Uh, and these are real issues that parents have to confront. And I think it's something that, as we said, we're beginning to see this, this, this apparent downturn in enrollment in kids playing team sports. And baseball, it's uh, soccer, ice hockey, AAU basketball, you name it. Anything that involves a travel team, and most of the team sports do have travel teams, it's getting to be a very dicey question. And the other part of this, I feel, is that a lot of kids are saying – you know, I'm not going to be a superstar and decide at age 10 or 11 or 12 that I'm just going to walk away and do something else or play video games or get a job. I mean, it's as simple as that. All right, let me let me take a timeout. Obviously, I'm eager to get your thoughts and, and observations about this, this, this amazing uh, trend that's been reported. Welcome back to the Sports Edge. I'm talking about a new study that shows that athletic participation for kids ages 6 through 12 is down almost 8% over the last decade playing uh, team sports. Uh, and and the, uh, the people who reported this, uh, these, these findings suggest that it's the kids from lower incomes who are leaving uh, team sports because they and their families just don't have the money, the cash, to play on travel teams. Now, this is a quote from Tom Ferry, who is the executive director of Aspen's Sports and Society program. Quote, sports in America have separated into sport haves and have-nots. Uh, uh, Ferry goes on to say that all that matters is if kids come from a family that has resources, if you don't have money, it's hard to play. And I think that's, uh, yes, obviously, absolutely. We know the travel teams are all about, uh, they cost money. If your kid does make a travel program, it does cost uh, real money for him or her to play on it. 
the question I have is that, that is that the main reason why we see a downturn, or is it because we find that kids and their parents, by the time they're 10, 11, 12, are beginning to say to themselves, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be a star uh, in this particular sport, so maybe I'll just do something else in my life and basically walk away from uh, playing that team sport, uh, when in fact they're, they're giving up on you know, how they may progress, how their bodies may change as they get to go through uh, adolescence, and quite frankly, you know, how much fun they might have playing that sport through middle school and into high school. I mean, th- these are real concerns about how, how travel teams are affecting and shaping our kids. And I'm taking your thoughts at one 337 6666 Let's go to Vernon uh, right here in Manhattan. Vernon, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? <clears throat> I'm doing pretty good. Um, for me personally, I, I foresaw this coming, uh, a drop on that age group. Now, I work with kids in the camp in Pennsylvania uh, from junior high school to high school. And one of the reasons, well, quite a few reasons why you're seeing a drop in sports, uh, one of the things is the cell phones. Mm-hmm. The kids love to tweet back and forth. <clears throat> There's aggressive uh, dating. They keep things quiet between their friends. Uh, other things is that they're spending, even though they're poor, they're spending a large sum of money on sneakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to be rappers. Mm-hmm. They see this. They buy expensive jewelry. Um they listen to music. Even when I get on a train, when kids are going to school, I don't even see backpacks or book bags with them. They got the cell phones. Also, when they go home, they're on the computer all the time. So even though the parents may say about paying for sports, mm-hmm. sometimes kids are not interested in sports. They don't care. They want to do what they want to do. Um, it's been changing uh, drastically. I think the cheapest sport that anyone can play is basketball. All you need is a ball and a hoop. That's it. But everything else, a lot of times the kids are not thinking about sports. Vernon, this is an interesting perspective, and I thank you for sharing it this morning. And you know, I will say this, that, yeah, it is possible, as you said, look, kids are kids. They're going to go in any kind of direction they want, and uh, they may be saying, well, I have this uh, discretionary income. I'm not going to worry about travel sports. I'm going to put it into my, my cell phones or my, my uh, laptop or into music, or whatever it might be. And that may explain all this as well, and I agree with you. And, and again, Vernon, thank you for the call. You're you know, welcome. You bet. And, and, you know, the fact is that, yeah, maybe basketball is fairly inexpensive to play. You just need a hoop and a ball, and you're ready to go. You don't necessarily need to be on an AAU team. To play basketball, but again, this is this is a, a shifting kind of landscape that we're now seeing numbers about. Let's uh, continue. Let's go to let's go down to Princeton. AJ, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. Thanks yeah. for taking the call. Yeah. Uh, listen, Rick, uh, you and I are about the same age, and without sports, um, I would I, I would be nothing. I grew up with sports. They were in my they're part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I work out harder now in my sixties than I did in my fifties and my forties. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> well, and and Rick, I'm going to put it this way: I like to sweat. Yep. I like I like to go out on the weekend and beat the crap out of myself. That's the way that I put it. Um, kids today, look, there's no getting around the cell phones. Uh, Andrew Cuomo put it very very well that the phone is the sixth appendage on the hand. Um, phones are attached to hands. I see it every day. But we were brought up with sports. 
I personally believe that sports are more important than classroom education. Uh, I mean, I'm going a little bit far with that, but it, it's it's an inner um, it, it's an inner competition with yourself. You know what it's like. I don't have to tell you, but just the fact that you brought up a few weeks ago about uh, video games possibly being considered for Olympic sports, I think that should tell you what you need to know. Yep. Is it, there's an epidemic going on right now that is trickling down. Now, I was a Little League coach. I was a baseball coach in the early 2000s, and we saw it coming then. And there were no smartphones then. But you just saw with all the alternatives the kids had and the change in the demographics of the, uh, of the kids. Well, AJ, you know, let, let me just say this, and because uh, clearly we've discussed the advent of cell phones and smartphones uh, over the years here, and there's no question, I mean, that, that for kids today, I mean, when you have a smartphone in their pocket, it's like carrying an encyclopedia with you, and everything is within your fingertips. However, and AJ, I'm sure you agree with this, is I believe this as well, you can have a great smartphone, but the fact is working on your laptop or a smartphone is not going to get you to understand the kind of important life lessons that sports, particularly team sports, afford a kid when they go through, uh, if they're playing, you know, a sport in school or in a travel program, they're learning about sacrifice and discipline and, and, and these how to deal with adversity. You don't get those kind of lessons from a cell phone or from... Uh, you know, I couldn't agree more. Rick, I couldn't agree more. You're, you, you and I are on the same track here. Yeah. If, it's, if it's hard, I'll give it a try, but I'm going to give up. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. AJ, thank you. Let me move on. I appreciate the call. Take care. You know, and, and that's, that is a concern, and we all know that uh, smart, smartphones are everywhere. They're ubiquitous with kids today, and that's not going to change. If anything, the, 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 the cell phones will be even more plentiful. Uh, but the fact is, as they provide entertainment for our kids, they, and they distract them perhaps from playing a team sport, or they don't teach them the fundamentals of life that we get from playing sports. And I mentioned on the show uh, last week about, you know, when you have coaches, coaches and educators are so critically important for our youngsters, even more so today, and yet we don't, somehow we're, we're losing, you know, uh, great coaches because they get frustrated uh, and, and they just walk away. There's too many rules, regulations, too many parents intervening. And, of course, teachers have the same kind of issues. It's it's very, very difficult, and these are crucial people for our kids, let's go to uh, let's go to our friend Ed over in uh, Jersey. Ed, good morning. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good. How are you? It was ironic. I was I was participating at the Kane University Base alumni game, and that was a topic of discussion with a friend of mine, Lynn Zolto, who uh, has a nephew who wants to play travel baseball, mm-hmm. and he was telling me that travel baseball teams right now are charging a full year from like spring, summer, winter workouts and all that. And they all a lot of these travel teams now are, are wanting the money up front. Yeah. So yeah. so it is getting expensive in a lot of ways. But like like I said I said in the past, I don't think travel baseball should start until high school because that's when, you know, it, it comes time that, that these players are looking to get recruited by colleges and all that stuff. I think the travel baseball at the younger level is is getting expensive with all the, all these different costs and all that stuff. And I think it's time to revive the, the Little League, rec baseball programs in town, and then, you know, later on, if you want to play travel, you play it. I mean, here's a perfect example. You're talking about on a higher level. 
American Legion Baseball, which used to be one of the top things in New Jersey, has dwindled immensely in the state of New Jersey, where we used to get two or three representatives going to our regions. Now we only get one because no one's playing American Legion Baseball anymore. Ed, I, I, uh, I agree with you. The problem is that if, if you restrict travel programs to the time the kids are 14 or 15 in high school, it's just not going to work because there's always going to be some en- uh, enterprising individual who's going to say, yeah, I don't care about that. We'll start our kids uh, at age 10 or 8 because the, the, the sooner and the younger our kids get a leg up, the better off they're going to, the more they're going to advance. And it's just going to be impossible to enforce. Because, again, as we know, you know, travel programs are not in any way overseen by any state or federal agency. They, they just pop up like mushrooms. Uh, well, you, you were talking about the one thing about waiving kids' fees and all that stuff. Yeah. I know a lot of travel baseball programs. If the kid is very good <laughs> and the parent is, 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 is it's a financial burden for him, they find a way to have that kid play, well, if you know uh, what I mean. I was going to say, if you got a kid, I don't care if it's baseball or soccer, whatever it might be, and the kid is really good, you know, and he comes from a, a less uh, economically advantaged uh, home, don't worry. Somebody somewhere in that team is going to say, you know, I'll take care of that kid's travel uh, expenses because we really want the kid in our team. Uh, and Absolutely. That's, and that, and that, that, that's just the American way. It, it's done in all the travel teams. I, uh, I, I agree. So when I, when I read this, these quotes from the study saying that, well, it's become a haves versus have-not situation, well... Not really. If the kid's that good, somebody's going to make sure the kid gets a scholarship, quote-unquote, to play in that travel team. So, You know, one last thing I want to say. I, I had a friend who lives in Jacksonville, Florida. He, he was an outstanding high school player up here in New Jersey. Yep. We were talking one time. His son was playing travel baseball at five. And this is how crazy guy in Jacksonville, Florida. They had these big travel bags, three sets of uniforms, two bats, and these, these matching spikes, all, all part of, of the package of the cost. At five years old, so this just tells you how crazy Whoa. he's getting. At, at age five? At age five, he was telling me this. Now his son is 14 years old now, but when he told me that story, we were all laughing about it. <laughs> it's, it's, we're laughing because it's so sad, quite frankly. That's the problem. Yes, it is. Ed, Rick, have a great day. Thanks, Ed. Take care. And, you know, Ed mentioned about in passing about uh, American Legion baseball, which, you know, kids under the age of, I don't know, 15 or uh, 16 these days would have no idea what American Legion baseball is, but Back in the day, as Ed was saying, and I can certainly personally attest to this, American Legion Baseball was a big, big deal. It was much bigger than anything else in the summertime. It was like, if you will, the forerunners to travel baseball today. But basically, American Legion Baseball brought together the best kids from uh, numerous communities. And, uh, gee, when I played, I played over in, uh, in Hastings uh, on Hudson, and uh, we used to draw two, 3,000 people a game because the baseball was so good. And, again, these were high school kids. But, again, those are just memories. The American Legion Baseball it still exists in a few spots. But for the most part, that is gone. And, by the way, it didn't cost very much. You just basically uh, – the American Legion uh, post would take care of the, the cost of the field rental and, and uh, that kind of thing. But, again, that's how the landscape has changed. All right, let me, let me take a timeout. When I return, I go right back to the calls. Stay with me. Uh, I also want to mention that I've written a new book on sports psychology. It's a, it's a book that I've meant to, to write for many years, finally found the time to, 
to get my thoughts down on paper. Uh, it's entitled Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, and it's now available on Amazon. If you'd like to pre-order a copy, it's a, it'll be available in bookstores in January when it's officially published. Uh, in short, the, the book captures my, my personal philosophy and experiences uh, on what works and what doesn't work in the world of sports psychology. There's no mumbo-jumbo in the book. It's just based on my years of working with top professional athletes uh, on how to improve their mental approach to the game. Uh, in fact, there's also even a chapter uh, aimed for, for sports parents on what involves sports psychology and their kids. Again, more to come in the weeks ahead, but it's called Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. Okay, we're talking this morning about uh, you know what's happening with this new study that shows that number of kids are declining playing youth sports, team sports, between the ages of 6 and 12. Let's get back to our calls. Let's go to Will in Brooklyn. Will, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. All right. So uh, I just want to – I don't want to discount the points brought up about smartphones and access to technology as a reason for this decreased participation. But I I do also want to push back a little bit against – you know, you had mentioned that you're, you're not so sure if it's a have versus have not thing. Um, and I just have uh, experiences that, that, for me, sort of indicate that it is that sort of, that sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a teacher for five years uh, in Title I schools in uh, both Brooklyn and the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And the access to um, athletic programs and after-school programs, of which athletics are a part, um, are almost non-existent in these schools. Um, so you have kids, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I was in a, you know, pretty, uh, wealthy neighborhood growing up, we, you know, we had our town baseball team, we had our town football team, town basketball team. And, uh, it was a given, it, it was easy. It was cost, it was cost effective. It was close to, to where we lived. It was mm-hmm. easy for our parents to get us there. Uh, in these, in these, a lot of these areas, I can't speak for all of them, uh, of course, but there's just not access to these programs. And if you're not, if you don't have a, a baseball glove on your hand or, a, uh, a basketball on your hand by the time you're 10, it's very unlikely that you're, you know, you're going to be doing it as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, just one more point as far as uh, the gentleman who called saying that, you know, of course, will, they'll, if they find a talented athlete, uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll pay the fee for them, they'll get them on the travel team. I definitely agree with that as well, but I think we're losing out on the opportunity to develop a lot of these athletes just because of the lack of uh, access to these programs, especially like your, the study says in the ages from, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Well, I... Uh, and then it, yeah, I was going to say, I, was gonna say I, I, I don't discount that certainly the economic situation, particularly for inner city situations, is, is, is a real concern. Mm-hmm. But I, I, do feel, I do feel that uh, the, the people who publish this study, they're sort of saying, well, actually, the reason this is happening, and this is their words, not mine, is the mm-hmm. fact that there's this uh, society is evolving into a have or have not situation when it comes to youth mm-hmm. sports. I think that's too broad a brush. I, I think sure. obviously there are situations where that that does exist, but you know, I I just I think that's the, that's just too 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 expansive in its scope. And I also say this will, uh, and obviously as a, as an educator, you you know this firsthand. You know, if we have if if if, if programs uh, are are so uh, affluent in terms of sports, in fact, that this uh, this conference that took place. This past uh, week in Washington D.C., when they made this announcement, it was attended by all the major sporting uh, organizations like Major League Baseball and all the rest. Well, they're making a lot of money, and mm-hmm. they're concerned about this. And rather than just saying "tisk tisk," this is a real problem. 
Well, start putting some money into the inner city programs, into those, those, those so-called travel teams or rec programs where the kids really could benefit from having an infusion of cash. I mean, I... Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, one more, we, we have an after-school program at our school that, um, you know, it, it's okay. It's not, it's not, it's nothing like, you know, I, I, I think is what the kids deserve, but yeah. we, we have 90 spots that kids can apply for in a school of 400 kids. And we had almost 190 applications. So the, the demand is there, and I couldn't agree more about the need for, you know, like we said, big money organizations who, who identify the problem or say there's a problem to put their money where their mouth is and, and to invest in these, these programs. And I think you'll see an increase in participation and, and I, ultimately, you know, give these kids a lot better chance. Uh, it, all, all studies also show that, you know, after-school participation in athletics really increase their uh, long-term Prospect, so yeah, I think. I, it would be, uh, I, well, I, I and I, I hear you, and uh, you know, I, I've said this many, many times in the show, and it just because it always sort of makes me scratch my head. Well, Little League Baseball, Little League Baseball, which is obviously directed at youth sports, you know, they have something like close to a hundred million dollars in reserves, and I'm asking, mm-hmm. well, why use that money? Take some of that right. money and put it into inner city where they can, you know, have better facilities for kids to play baseball. But they don't, they don't seem moved to do that. I, I don't know why. I'm sure they have the reasons why they don't do it, but why not? I mean, I, I don't. Yep. And that's just one. That's just one organization. Hey, anyway, Will, thank yep. you for the call. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks very much. Take care. I mean, I I don't get that. If we know we have money issues, particularly at the youth level, well, take some of these organizations and put the money back into the programs that that could really really use it. Because as Will said, there's lots of interest. A lot of kids sign up, but there's only so many. Uh, only so far the money goes, and that's a real real issue. Uh, let's go, Alex in Massapequa. Hi, Alex. You're on the fan. Hey, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm I'm 29 years old, and uh, when I, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, I I wasn't I wasn't able to to stay into the house, you know, by my parents or or you know, my parents tell me get you know get the hell out of the house and you know go go go. You know, learn how to play some sports and go hang out with your friends. Right. So that and 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 or you know you're, you're either going to miss something that's going on. You know, with your friends. Yeah. If you stood in the house. So I mean, I don't have kids now, but I see it with my with my brother and my sister's kids, my nephews and nieces. That you know, they, if they don't have something that their friend has in school, you know, they they they're spoiled. You know, so like these these parents smother these kids with you know, with computers and, and, and their phones and everything. And, and, you know, I, I see them in the house all the time and I tell them, you know, you know, go, go outside and go learn, you know, go learn how to play something instead of sitting there, you know, playing, playing whatever you're playing on your phone, you know, go, go learn to play a sport. You know, you, these well, kids are not doing anything. Alex, this sort of goes back, harkens back to what I was saying earlier in the hour, the fact that, you know, the, the, the smartphones uh, open up a whole new uh, venue for our kids. Uh, and I understand, you know, obviously they have great, great value, but smartphones don't teach our kids what you're talking about, social skills in terms of, you know, basically interacting with their friends and peers nor do they learn from smartphones how to, you know, learn a skill when it comes to playing a sport or, or being on a team and developing a sense of uh, team play and sportsmanship and, and how to cope with difficult times and adversity. All those important, to my way of thinking, life lessons, they don't get that from a cell phone or a laptop. And, and that's right. If we see these kind of declines taking place, that's a real, real concern. And, um, yeah, it, it's troubling. 
Alex, thanks for the well, call. Let me move on to somebody else because I'm running out of the clock here. Right. Thanks, Alex. I, but, you know, that, that is a real concern. Let me go to, uh, to John over in Jackson. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick, good morning. Thanks yeah. for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, uh, you know, your comments on the, on the uh, financial aspects of getting kids involved in travel teams really made me think because I, I hadn't thought a lot about that until recently. I've been involved in coaching youth sports and played youth sports growing up for, for many years, mm-hmm. and my son just recently got involved in travel hockey. And, and you know, th- th- there's an expense there. So, so I, was, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the impact of it on kids getting involved. But I honestly think it's more society today. It's, it's the influence of the parents and the adults uh, in, in their lives and in their communities. And it's social networking. And it's, it's these, uh, you know, it's, it's mobile phones that are taking kids away from it. Um, you know, in Jackson, New Jersey, you just saw the whole Brook Little League team out at the Yankee Stadium and, you know, made it all the way to, you know, fourth in the country in, in Little League Baseball. And in this town, there are, there are many, many opportunities for kids to get involved in all kinds of recreational sports. And I see, a, you know, a lot of participation. And I think one of the reasons for the success of it is that overall, the adults promote the opposite of what you mentioned about kids dropping out because they're not stars. Yep. You know, we really, prom- we really promote, hey, you don't have to be the best kid on the team to have fun. But, John, you know, and, that, and, that is such, believe me, that's such a rare and refreshing kind of perspective that for, for parents, and I'm so glad to hear this is happening in Jackson, New Jersey, because in a lot of towns and a lot of parents know we're looking for just the very best. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you for trying out, but we're moving on. We got the teams we want, the kids we want. So I'm thrilled to hear that your you know, parents are saying to the kids, and their parents, you know, hey, just have fun because, you know, it's a short time to play youth sports. And at some point, you're going to have to, to grow up and, and uh, graduate and get a job. So I'm very, very happy to hear that, that at least in your community, that, that the opportunities are there and the encouragement to the kids is there as well. That's, that's, that's crucial. I'm telling you, we, we, we tell them, Rick, you have three rules on the team. Do your best, listen to the coaches, and have fun. And if you don't like to have fun, you're on the wrong team. <laughs> and, 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 and I learned that. I didn't make that up. I'm saying it, but I'm not the, I'm not the first to say it. So I, and, and like I said, it's really a culture here in this town. And if you go out to uh, you know the, the fields that they play on, and, and one of your previous callers I thought made a terrific comment, and, you know, invest in some of the inner cities. Get some of these kids involved. Yeah. Your, you know, to your point earlier, these are, kids, these are the kids who want to play. I mean, yeah. how many stories do you read about some of these, these guys who, well, are, who are stars in the NFL and star players who came from underprivileged families and said, hey, this is my way out. You know, we need to encourage that. John, you know, let me, let me st- stop you there. Uh, all I can tell you is that to enjoy the ride and cherish the fact that in your town, your community, they seem to have their priorities in order. And, and uh, you know, I just wish that was more, more uh, prevalent uh, all over the area. John, thanks for the call. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.